Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? I, I've come out of drowning myself in massive sorrows, Daryl, but I'm, I'm going to get over it because, like I've been used to saying, wait till next year. Well, there you go. For those of you who don't know and who aren't watching uh, the recap on video, you can probably see the entire display of LA Dodgers paraphernalia. So, uh, behind Larry. And yes, I'm glad you've come back uh, out of the depths. And yes, there is always next year. Uh, hey, if you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And speaking of Selling from the Heart, there's no better way to, to make a message to communicate from the heart that I've found uh, than sending out a card. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to tell you a quick, funny story. It's not a funny story, but it just it kind of touches my heart. But the other day um, I got a text and it was from our oldest daughter. And it was now I'm going to date myself, people. But it was my granddaughter and my granddaughter was holding a send out card. And on the <laughs> front of the send out card, she was looking at herself. Nice. And she goes, Papa sent me a send out card and it was texted to me. So then, of course, like like a proud grandparent, we threw it out on Facebook and got the oohs and the ahs. But I'm telling you, if you want to touch someone's heart, show how much you care and show how much you appreciate them and send them a send out card. Yeah, thanks to our friends. In fact, uh, you're able to send a card for free if you want. Just go to cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. And Larry, we've got a, a very, uh, I think this is going to be a fantastic discussion today. So why don't you uh, go ahead and introduce our guest. And let's get at it. No, I, I, I can't wait to bring Kurt on, but I got to give you, I have to give people just a little backstory because you're always going to hear me say this. If you're genuine and if you're authentic, you engage and you just humanize yourself, especially in the world that we live in today, where social plays such a big part, you meet some of the most fantastic people. And that's how I met, met Kurt Mercadante. I just love how that just rolls off the top of my tongue. It's kind of cool. And we just started, you know, hopping on some calls. I was on his podcast. Obviously, he's coming on ours. And he's just one of the coolest guys I've ever met. So without further ado, Kurt Mercadante, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Well, welcome or welcome. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on here. That was an awesome. Uh, I'm so used to saying welcome for my podcast. Uh, but th thanks a lot for that warm introduction. And, and I feel the same way, Larry. And, and I, I read Selling from the Heart on the way back from London. And, um, you know, I read it on my Kindle and just had tons of highlights. And, and there was so much um, uh, synergy. I hate that word. But there's so much synergy, you know, in terms of my thinking and philosophy and the philosophy that you espouse in terms of, and I think I tagged you in a social media post, the empty suit and the empty shell of a person who doesn't have any sense of self or self-awareness. And they're just kind of like a, a malleable 
pile of wet clay, right? <laughs> and that doesn't that doesn't help their fulfillment, and it certainly doesn't help them sell. That's for sure. Hey, uh, by the way, this wasn't a Gumby and Pokey moment when you said <laughs> a pile yeah, right. Of clay. Yeah. So now, I mean, now I'm really dating myself. That was really horrible, but nevertheless, <laughs> I think y'all get it. Well, hey, as we get started, you know the question, Kurt, that every guest, uh, the hot seat of the Selling from the Heart podcast question is, what does it mean to you to sell from the heart? Yeah, I think it means to, you know, there's a lot of people, I call them the sham wow coaches. You see them on social media. They're the people who went viral with a few videos and now suddenly they've slapped the title coach or strategist on them. And really what they are is vendors, right? Hey, I'll help you get video views and I'll help you uh, get more fans and friends. I'm a personal branding coach. It's like, you're not a coach, you're a vendor. Maybe you're very good at providing a service, but someone gives you money in return for a product. And some people have a very good product. Doesn't mean anything. Likes and views don't mean a damn thing, right? If you do, and, and what a lot of these people talk about as they do their ShamWow impersonation, you know, ShamWow, the guy, the, the, the guy who the TV infomercials selling this, this product that may or may not work, is they always use the term authenticity. Be authentic. Be authentic. And they repeat that. And what they mean, what they really mean is be authentically someone else. Because you can see these people, they try to be a Gary Vee, they try to be a Grant Cardone. You know, I've been known to drop a few F-bombs in my time on my speeches and on my... But you see some of these people, F, 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 F. And you can tell they just watched the Gary Vee video. And so they try, they spend their entire time trying to mimic someone else when they do a video, when they do anything. You know, some of them, and I talked about the malleable pile of wet clay, they try to do it on a sales call. And the person on the other line can tell they're dealing with, as you guys like to say, an empty suit. And someone that's, you know, true authenticity is knowing who you are, knowing your truth, not being afraid to live your truth, first of all, and then speak it. And last year I had a LinkedIn article. It's the only article on LinkedIn that I ever had go viral for whatever reason, like articles are just hard to, you know, have go viral. And I don't go into it wanting it to go viral, but the article, I can't remember the exact title, but it was why you, why you should not be afraid to piss more people off. (laughs) That's awesome. And I got (laughs) 40,000 views on it. And invariably, you know, not surprisingly, a bunch of people got pissed off by reading it because they thought I was espousing, well, in our day and age, as they do, they read the headline, didn't actually read the article and said, oh, you need to read Dale Carnegie. You need to, you know, it's like, well, first of all, Dale Carnegie pissed off plenty of people in his time. Okay. Secondly, I'm not saying go up to people on the street, shake them, punch them, give them an elbow, piss them off on purpose. I'm saying if by being you, that other people get hot and bothered and don't like it, which is going to happen when you're yourself. It's attract and repel that simple marketing principle, right? Look at Trump. You may love Trump. You may hate Trump. When he said I could go out on a fifth Avenue, shoot someone and my supporters would still support me. He wasn't lying. And I'm not saying, (laughs) I'm not saying be more like Trump, but I'm saying from a marketing perspective, know who you are. You will attract your customer of repelling customers that you become vanilla. That word vanilla to me, it smells like poverty right? Because you try to be all things to all people. And that's when you become that load of clay with no sense of self and no soul. Yeah, no. And <laughs> it was so good, Kurt, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But, but you, but, but here's, but here's what's interesting is when you don't know yourself, then you start turning to what you think you should be based on what you observe other people doing. And that's why I know, Kurt, you talk about it. We talk about it in Selling from the Heart. The first three chapters of the book are totally dedicated to sales professionals working on themselves. And when we have that really fantastic uh, 
view of ourselves and we're comfortable in our own skin. Mm-hmm. It's hard to describe, but people just sense it and they smell it. And I know y'all will agree. I've worked with a number of salespeople who were unfulfilled in their lives and their careers, and they didn't know why. One of the things that came down to is they didn't know who they were as a person. They didn't know their superpowers. They had no vision for their life. They actually loved doing sales, but they weren't that good at it. And in three specific cases, it was because the vision for where they wanted to go using their skill of sales did not match up with what they were selling and had not matched up for three different companies, Hmm. you know? And so if you don't have a good sense of self, you don't know what it is that gets that fire in your belly that gets you going. And so if you're selling widget X and you really hate widget X, uh, you know, uh, I, I already brought him up, Victor Antonio. One of the things he said was you don't have to love what you sell but you should love the impact that your product has. That's and right. if you don't love that impact, you know what? The, the company's not benefiting. You're not benefiting. But you don't get to that till you actually know who you are and what you love and what you hate to do. So it, it stems from that sense of self. Well, I love the book. And by the way, um, if you haven't seen Five Pillars of the Freedom Lifestyle, just came out. You've got to check out Kurt's book. We'll put that in the show notes. But I, what I really like about the book and how you set this up is if you, is you've really given a nice path for someone to go on that journey to f- kind of, in essence, fill the empty suit. Yeah, it's, I used to have like a 12-step program. I think I might have even had a 15-step program, you know? But after working with- Recovering sales rep, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, really boiled down to five and and these five steps. And, you know, I had values and values are important, but it really gets down to the base level, you know, superpowers. Every single one of us is born with 34 and eight talent themes. Some have talent themes that are higher than others. You know, you've got to double down on those talents to turn them into strengths. All of us have muscles, roughly the same amount of muscles, right? Mm-hmm. But not all of us look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why? He chose to double down, invest in his untapped strength, go to the gym every day, work it out. He turned him into strengths. We can do all of that. You know, Peter Drucker once said that um, most people think they know what they're good at, yet most people are wrong. Mm-hmm. Yet we can only operate, operate at our optimum from a position of strength. And so I run into people say, oh, yeah, I'm good at this, 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 and this. And they're not. <laughs> you know, they think they are. I had a guy, um, he came to me and he was unfulfilled. Didn't know why. I just don't like what I'm doing. I hate my job. Da, da, da. He worked in, uh, he had worked at uh, uh, IT in, for various government entities for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And so he sat in this back room in a cubicle, didn't talk to many people. We took his strengths finder assessment, which is the assessment by Gallup to determine what your top strengths are. I'm a Gallup certified strengths trainer. And it came back, you know, you categorize these strengths broadly into different categories. Like, are you a strategic thinker? Are you an influencer? Are you an executor? Like, you know, trains on time type of person. Mm-hmm. Or are you a relationship builder? Me, for instance, my relationship building is extremely low. But I use my other strengths that I have, influencer and, and strategic thinker, to make up for those. Well, well I, I hate to tell you that, Kurt, but your relationship skills are pretty darn good. Because if they really stunk, you and I wouldn't be on this podcast with Daryl right now. So... Yeah, but you know what? I It's called strengths innovations. I use others to get there. So <laughs> communication, uh, my number one is learner. So I love learning. It's why I started the podcast. Every time I'm on the podcast, I learn something new every time. I sit, I don't know if, I, maybe you guys do this too. I do the podcast interviews and once they air, I binge on my own interviews. 
because I have the opportunity to go back and take notes from what everyone told me. <laughs> and so, but my communication strength is also number six out of 34. So mm. I combine the learner and the communication. I hate networking events. I can't stand going to certain things. You know, there's certain relationship building. I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore. I just, you know, I like the group. I like the, so this, this particular client came back that he was a relationship builder. And he said, no way. Uh-uh, ain't happening. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. I'm not a people person. I said, okay, well, let's, let's try and invest in it. Let's try different things. You know, fast forward like four weeks later, he was told by his parents, by his teachers, by his bosses, you're an introvert. You're not a people person. Oh, wow. Turned out he came to believe that. We had just over the course of five weeks created a networking monster. This guy started getting up in the middle of the day to go grocery shopping, not to beat the crowds, to find people in the middle of the day to fuel his relationship builder. He would talk to people. He would talk to the cashier. He would talk to the person bagging. He would talk to people. He then determined he wanted to get into real estate. I said, oh, flip homes? No, I want to rent to people. I said, oh, recurring revenue? He said, well, yeah, that'll be nice. But when I rent to people, then I make new friends. This was a guy who five weeks earlier thought he was an introvert and a people person. So once you start unleashing that, it's how you influence others, how others influence you. Determining what those strengths, those superpowers are is so key to determining your sense of stealth. You just brought brought up something that, that I think we can flip for a second is now can you imagine the superpowers that uh, sales professionals have on their sales team? And and I fully believe it's up to those sales managers and those VP of sales and those high level people inside companies to help their salespeople bring out those superpowers. Because quite often, you you know, and, and I hear this as an unfortunate thing that that we hear sometimes is, well, you know, my salespeople really aren't worth training right now. And I go, well, hey, well, why'd you hire them in the first place? But you never know what you have with somebody until you coach them because you could unleash their superpowers that you had no idea they had. Well, Gallup finds, Gallup has a great book called It's the Manager, and they have a ton of data and data on, you know, the millennial workforce, right? And lots to be said about millennials and whatever. Bottom line, none of it matters because, I mean, the negative stuff, because they're here. They're the majority of the workforce. Today's workforce, they don't want to be, they don't want bosses. They want coaches. They don't want job satisfaction. They want to be developed. They want to share in the purpose of the company. Now, in many cases, the company doesn't, hasn't defined a purpose and what differentiates it from the competitors, which is a problem. But so many companies are so used to the model of warm butts and seats. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to look at your skills and your resume. You did some selling, boom, you're done. And by the way, if you don't sell, we're not going to coach you, you're out. And they look at, you know, the term employee engagement. You know, a lot of these companies, they'll get the, uh, the foosball table and the table, table tennis and whatever, and they call that engagement. It's like bringing a dog home from the kennel, throwing it a bone and saying, engage. And if the dog doesn't eat the bone, you're fired. We're going to get another dog, right? <laughs> what they need to be doing, and this is exactly right about coaching, and, and Larry, you had to coach yourself, right? You had to become your own sales manager, is instead of just putting warm butts in seats and trying to engage them, empowering your individual team members to unleash their individual superpowers to achieve key outcomes. Mm -hmm. They're going to be fulfilled and fulfilled employees are engaged employees are productive employees are profitable employees. And by the way, they're profitable because those outcomes they're achieving are the outcomes for your company. Mm -hmm. So there's that shared sense of purpose. And a lot of, you know, there's people who are my age and older 
who may say, well, so what? If they don't want to do the work, they're out of here. It's like, all right, do that at your own peril. Keep doing what you did and wonder why your retention sucks. Wonder why your people aren't hitting their numbers Mm -hmm. or you can actually change with the times and and work with the humans that are actually here right now. Was it Donald Rumsfeld said, you know, you fight with the army you have, not with the, the army you wish you had. Right. This is the workforce of today. Yeah. No, that's, that's so good. And, and if you think about, you know, this journey, you, and some of the other things you brought up in the book, um, you know, the next thing is, is really making sure you have a vision for you, yeah. where you want to go. And, you know, I think one of the, the best questions to, to sales professionals listening in is what is your vision for where you want to go? And Kurt, we've got a great audience of really highly dedicated sales professionals. I, I don't think, you know, the people that listen to this podcast wouldn't be listening if they weren't dedicated to their career. But I think for so many of us, sometimes vision is uh, in short supply. How do we fix that? Well, a lot of us go through life like a pinball, bouncing from objective to objective. And you, mm-hmm. they think, we think our purpose is that temporary objective. You know, when you're 20s, my purpose in life is to get, make partner and make six figures. Mm-hmm. And in my thirties, it's a, you know, I'm someone who was high performing. I had a seven figure public relations and ad agency, thousand dollar suits, $1,500 steak dinners. Hey, I was high performing. Right. But at one point, at some, at a point I hit a wall. I'm like, where the hell am I going? You know, what's mm-hmm. it all mean? Why am I building this agency? Yeah, I'm making tons of money, but do I really, does my vision fit with the vision for the clients that I have, you know, we talked about it before. Am I working for companies? I might be great at sales, but am I working for companies whose vision fits my vision? Mm-hmm. And only half of employees right now say that they have, they know their company's purpose, that their company has a clearly defined purpose and what differentiates their companies from their competitors. So you have two problems here. You have companies that don't have a clear vision for where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And if the company doesn't know, then your employees won't know. Hmm. How do you expect your customers to know? So there's a branding problem, there's a sales problem, and there's an employee engagement problem all in one. Wow. But you know what? If your employees have visions for their life that are going over here, Mm -hmm. your companies is going over here, you know what? You may have to have that hard discussion that it's just not the right fit. We don't want to keep you from your vision. And why the hell do you want to work for us? Right. And so, you know, it's, that's, you know, that's one of the hard truths. You don't want to round, keep trying to shove the round peg in the square hole, right? Set right. them free. <laughs> no, that's, that's strong. And, and so what, like Larry, you know, one of the things I really like about the Selling from the Heart book is that you put together the self-reflection journal to go along with this. And, uh, you know, that's one thing I would just point um, our listeners too, if you haven't gotten a chance to, to download the self-reflection journal, Larry, you really do a good job of helping people go on that journey, um, towards finding, finding who they really are and a vision for their life and their career. No. And, and I think it, it, I mean, I had to learn it the hard way. I think we all, you know, at some point in time, we have to learn things the unconventional way. And I just said, you know what, when, when I decided to write selling from the heart and, you know, bring selling from a heart to the forefront, I said, you know what? I'm going to share with people so they don't have to, they don't have to go down the same road. I'm going to create that path for them. And I think the biggest thing that's brought selling from the heart kind of to life is that self-reflection journal, because, you know, I, I spend the first 45 minutes every day and work on myself. And I know you do Daryl and I know Kurt does as well. Mm-hmm. And when we don't do that, you know, I always say you run out of the rain locker, right? You grab a banana and a cup of coffee 
and you're off to work. And then before you know it, you're going, what am I doing? <laughs> but that, that, that's why I just said, you know, you could, you could have the great coaching in the world. You can have the great sales training in the world and work for the great company. Yeah. But if you're broken inside, then it, it's, you're not going to be fulfilled. That's what I'm working on. You know, that's what we're doing at Selling from the Heart. I know that's what Kurt's doing with his, you know, with his book and so forth is nothing happens until we make it happen for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to, you know, you can't plan to the vision. That's, that's where a lot of people make a mistake. You have to define the vision and plan from it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's your guiding star. It's like, I'm going on a long trip, you know? Yeah. You may just go wildly into the forest and say, well, we're going to figure this out. You know, I'm, I have a knife and, and, you know, uh, some water, I'm going to do a Rambo and figure it out. Most of the time we figure out where we want to go. And then nowadays Google maps reverse engineers it. So that, you know, life is going to business, life, relationships, whatever it is, is going to knock you on your butt. If you don't have that clear vision, you get up and it's easy to get turned around and go down the wrong path. If you have that clear vision, you get up, you dust yourself off and you're like, oh, I still know where I'm going. And you keep marching that way. It may have delayed you a little bit, but at least you don't know. Now there's like four different paths. You're like, no, those are, it helps you. One of the big things is it helps you say no more easily. No to those things that come your way, career paths. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, new jobs, uh, relationships, those types of things, where it's like, it doesn't fit my vision. I ain't going to take that path, yeah. which is really important. Saying no is, is sometimes more important than saying yes to things. Yeah, that's strong. You know, as I've, I've been looking through the book, um, five pillars of the freedom lifestyle, one of the things you talk about is flow. And I'm yeah. curious how that could relate to a sales professional and how they, how they go about doing business. You know, there are the, I call them the hustle and grind pornographers. They are, um, there's a lot of them in the sales world. A lot of them have the Facebook groups. <laughs> okay, so unpack that for us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, it's all about brute strength. Sleep when you're dead. You know, yeah. uh, I'm going to rent the Lamborghini. I'm going to rent the Lamborghini in the mansion and do the video and say, you want to sell like me? And I know those same people go around from coach to coach, people like me saying, I'm actually not selling anything. Can you help me? By the way, can you coach me for free? Right. And that goes back to the authenticity. But it's like, you know, hey, Grant Cardone, there's some things that Grant says that are great, right? But his whole thing is sleep when you're dead. And you got these people on LinkedIn proudly taking pictures of themselves sleeping under their desk at WeWork. You know, I'm so proud. I'm so proud. And what they do is they fit three hours of work into a 14 hour day. Mike right. Weinberg talks about it, right? <laughs> he says he goes into these companies and uh, 50, 60, so uh, why? I, I deserve to sell. I'm working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. And he said he looks into them and they're like, yeah, they're always volunteering. They volunteer for the company barbecue. They're at inbox zero. Their files are perfectly, you know. And so you start to equate uh, work and effort with actual results. And so you start doing all these things and you start grinding instead of flowing. You know, you think Mm -hmm. of a river that flows, right? Think about rapids, right? The water's not flowing as easily. It's a lot more dangerous. You start removing some of those boulders Mm -hmm. and it flows easily. So a lot of us, we, we clog, you know, I have four kids and they don't always eat everything on their plate. And sometimes they'll run to the sink at once, right? Mm-hmm. And they run and they put it all in the sink and we have a garbage disposal. But what happens if four kids run and throw the stuff off their plate into the garbage disposal? It clogs it up. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, okay, do it one at a time. Clear some into the garbage, right? Put the rest in the garbage disposal. You do it one at a time. 
you know, to a kid, it sounds counterintuitive. Right. Do less to achieve more. But hmm. that's actually the true definition of productivity. You know, back in the day, if you had a boulder in the village, you had to get 500 villagers to come and lift a boulder. Right. What we do, we use human ingenuity to invent the lever. So now it takes two people. But right. if you listen to the hustle and grind pornographers and some of these people who are like, I'm going to rent the Lamborghini and it's brute strength and it's sleep when you're dead and it's grind, baby, grind, right? <laughs> They're more proud to take the 500 people to lift the boulder because right. to them, it's about the virtue signaling of I'm working hard. I'm, I, it's the struggle is more important than actual results. It's like, I don't know about you, but I'd rather flow than grind every day of the week. And that's not to say you don't work your tail off, yeah, but while also working smart. Cause I'd rather get my stuff done in three hours and go spend time with my four kids. We homeschool them. I'd rather go to the gym. I'd rather head to the beach. I had a two hour workout at the beach this morning. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We sold, we sold a bunch of stuff today. So, um, <laughs> that's flow. You're flow. Sure. You're flowing. Exactly. Exactly. So how do you get there? So if, if you're the, uh, hustle and grind, um, get it done, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I've got the world, and I'm going to take it on, you know, how do you, how do you move from that type of mindset to the flow? What would you say? Cause I know we've got some, some hard work, grind, get it done folks listening to this. Yeah, it's, it's, so there's the, you know, you have the five pillars. So I always say flow is the cumulative effect of the first four. Mm, okay. Something you get into is you have that clear vision for your life, right? Mm-hmm. The next is alignment. That's the next pillar. Mm-hmm. And so you take that term work-life balance and you trash it, you burn it, you throw it out the window because it's fake. It's false. Mm-hmm. It's a myth because there's just life. There's not work over here and life over here. There's just right. life and how you spend the time in your life is up to you. So you align those three facets. What I find is I was on an a online Q&A in 10X Factory. It's an entrepreneurs. There's like 900 entrepreneurs in there. Yeah. And I had one guy who said, well, what do you just waste away on the couch all day? Like you, you, you don't, you know, if you're only working two or three hours a day or four, you know, I said, do you really think I do that? My days are absolutely full. Well, what turned out is this, and it's not just this one individual. I find this time and time again. First, they haven't identified things outside of work that give them fulfillment. Hmm. So if they're not at their computer, they haven't even identified what the heck would fill up their day. That's a problem, right? Mm-hmm. Secondly, I said, so we went back and forth and back and forth. And he came to basically admit that he did about two or three hours of real outcomes focused work, but was at the office eight or nine hours a day. I said, well, why? Feelings of guilt. His dad once told him, this has happened on several occasions. His dad told him that real men work eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. So it was those people he's felt guilt against too. society. You know, I first came out and started working. I had four clients. I was really efficient. I would get my stuff done by noon. And people would say, must be nice. Oh, must be nice. You don't have any work to do. I call those people the scarcity pimps. Real men work eight hours a day. They base everything on inputs instead of true outcomes. They base everything on what do you actually want and what do you desire? Mm -hmm. I want to go to the beach today. And you know what? I'm going to reverse engineer everything so it doesn't take away from sales because I've hired a sales staff. I've Mm -hmm. hired administrative staff, right? So the next pillar is outcomes. You take that vision and you reverse engineer it so that every year, every month, every week, every day, you have three outcomes, just three. If it's more than three, I, I swear to you, and I'm happy to do a, a free coaching call for an hour with you to ex- explain exactly why it's only three, because you don't want to clog the drain. Hmm. So when I ask you, what did you achieve today? Oh, I was so productive. I got 15 things on my to-dos done. No, no, no. What did you actually achieve? Because one is inputs-based. The other is outcomes-based. 
And when you're focused just on those three things, you acknowledge that stuff is going to happen in your day. The bridge is going to be out. Your Mm -hmm. boss is going to go haywire and call three meetings that mean nothing and waste your time for three hours and you have no control over it. Your wife's going to call, your husband's going to call and say, your kid's sick, you got to go pick them up from school. Mm-hmm. Well, if you have three outcomes, you've set your day up for success. There are those three things that you actually, I worked with a bank president once and I said, what are those three things that if you don't get them done, your bank's going under? He's like, maybe there's three today. It's probably just one. I'm like, right. exactly. But we fill our day with that BS. When you have clearly defined goals, when you're working within your strength zone, right? When you're hitting, I, I, I had a friend who was a baseball player, former baseball player. And he, I said, did you hit from the right-handed side of the plate or the left-handed side of the plate? He said, righty. I said, well, what if at the beginning of the year, your boss came to you, or your, your boss, your manager came to you and said, hey, Chris, we're going to do something new this year. You're going to hit from the left-handed side of the plate. It's like, well, I'd suck. You know, I would, my batting average would be horrible. I'd quit. I'd get kicked off the team or whatever. We often force ourselves to do the equivalent of hitting from the left-handed side of the plate. That's working within our weaknesses. And I got to tell you, when I hit from the left-handed side of the plate, I look pretty obnoxious and I'm grinding. When I'm hitting from the right-hand side of the plate, that's when I get in the flow. So it's the cumulative effect of the first four and you get into that flow state, which is so important. (laughs) That's so good. Oh man, what... I can't wait to dig into this book. And I know uh, this, Larry, this is one of those podcasts that I'm going to rewind and take some notes on because I'm, I'm getting uh, challenged to my core right now. Uh, I almost don't know what to say, Kurt, man, I am, uh, I'm profoundly grateful for who you are and for the, the um, authenticity um, and practicality you bring to the world. Uh, those two things together are, are really helpful. And I, I'm really uh, thankful thankful for the time we've shared together today. Likewise. And what you guys are doing is so important. And I think, you know, this year, uh, I've made a concerted effort to, and when I say connect, I mean, truly connect, not Mm -hmm. just connect, hit the connect button Mm -hmm. through my podcast, through the types of calls Larry and I did, Mm -hmm. you know, with leaders in the sales field specifically, because what I've begun to notice is a, there's a lot of people who have bad relationships with money in their own life mm-hmm. and it creates a scarcity mindset in which they're bad at sales. And if you're bad at sales, you're bad at everything, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I have four kids. I have to sell every day, right? <laughs> but also just the mindset, the, pro- the, the, the sense of true productivity, the mm-hmm. sense of real authenticity. And when you talk to real sales leaders, not the hustle and grind pornographers, mm-hmm. not, not the people who are full of it, you really, there is a strong sense of values, mm-hmm. ethics, and morals. And I think that often gets missing in the flashy folks who are out there with the fake Lamborghini and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so sales has become, uh, it started to have a bad uh, bad moniker, I guess. Yeah. And so I've been fortunate enough to talk to folks like you and other folks I've mentioned, Larry, you're going to share the stage with them, many of them in Outbound. And the key theme, those are the key themes, true authenticity, true productivity, ethics, values, and morals. And um, that's something that you all talk about and needs to be talked about more by, by more sales folks. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, you're, 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 you're quite welcome. And, and it's, you know, when, when selling from the heart was, you know, in its infancy and so forth, and, and Daryl and I, I mean, I know you remember this as we had many a conversation around, you know, 
is the message going to resonate? You know, is it the right time for the message and so forth? Daryl, I know you know this. And I just said, you know, we're just going to stick to it. And the more, I mean, there's just literally, there's not a day that goes by that somebody is not sending, selling from the heart a message saying, this is what it's meant to me. And this is what it's done for me. Because Mm -hmm. quite frankly, people are tired of the BS and they're tired of everything that's out there. And we just, and you know, you throw a hard message out, Kurt, so do we, is it's time that we stand up for this great profession that everyone's in called sales and you do it with heart. You do yeah. it with substance and you do it with sincerity, right, Daryl? Boom, man. I can't think of a better way to end. That was, <laughs> this what a great discussion today. Kurt, thank you so much. If, if, uh, if you're listening in today, check out five pillars of the freedom lifestyle, how to escape your comfort zone of misery and uh, Kurt, I know people are absolutely going to love this book. Thanks for sharing time with us. We, we really appreciate uh, all that you've added to our community today. It's my pleasure. And thanks so much for, for having me on the show. And, and uh, Larry, thanks for coming on my show as well. And, and I, I have to plug Selling from the Heart. It's a great book. When I first saw it, I was like, oh, Selling from the Heart. It's going to be touchy-feely, all that. And it's not. It's actually pretty, pretty in your face, no BS. You cut through it. And that's exactly what I say in the intro to the podcast that you're on, Larry. So. <laughs> well, thanks, dude. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, and until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value. Get a true sense of yourself and most of all, sell from the heart. Thanks for listening to the Selling from the Heart podcast on the SalesCast Network. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. We appreciate your encouraging reviews as it helps us spread the word. As always, we would love to connect with you. So look for us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and your favorite podcast platform. This podcast is produced by our friends at SalesCast. Learn more at www.salescast.co. We look forward to seeing you next time.